0: how was your iphone ordering experience did
1: you go to jail for for fraud or anything oh this is this was a this was a a journey like i haven't bought an iphone from apple since the 11 pro which was what 2019 so it's been a few years so you're out of practice is what happened Um, i I don't don't know about out of practice i bought other stuff obviously like i bought the macbook pro when it came out uh, last year and apple tv and stuff and for substantially more money than an iphone Yep, yep, and I, those went pretty flawlessly. Had no issues. They uh they delivered. Uh, they I bought them and they delivered. The iPhone comes along. It become it you know ticks over to one p.m., which is what at the time was in uh, the UK. I think it's what five a.m. Eastern or something. The store comes up. The app was, uh, uh my colleague Ben Lovejoy, who's in the UK, he couldn't get in the the website at all or the app for whatever reason. I hit a different CDN and my App worked. I got into the buying environment. I pressed the buy button. I'd already pre-saved my Space Gray iPhone fourteen pro. The it was in the basket. I was ready to go. Pressed checkout. Did my Apple Pay. Said it had been bought. All, all was good. I was like, oh, this is great. Meanwhile, I'm looking on Twitter and everybody's like complaining about all sorts of problems because <laughs> there was a whole array of issues. You know, there was a big bad year for iphone pre-ordering the website was down people couldn't get in people tried to check out but they couldn't reach the screen they couldn't log in it just sat on a loading spinner i was like oh i've lucked out here i'm perfectly fine but then about a minute later i got a notification that my payment had been declined Mm. so i was like oh dear and now i've never been in this situation before where the apple store has or the apple store or the bank has declined a payment with an apple transaction so i wasn't sure how they handled it i was like do i keep my space in line if i if, like or does my order not actually get committed until i've actually you know authorized the payment so i was like you know and again this is like the biggest first world problem ever like not being able to buy an iPhone easily but you know what i mean right like in the scheme of things in that in that context i was like freaking out i was yeah. like okay what am I, what have i got to do now so i open the app again you go to the orders page of course the apple store is in that state where everyone's loading it's so the the orders page never opens right? so it's like you can't actually update your order because it's not there there's nothing you can do i check out again i'm like okay i'll just try and buy the phone again and cancel the other order when it's possible that also gets declined so okay well can't really do anything i go on the website the website's also you know useless at this point i'm like okay i'll just leave it for a bit maybe it'll sort itself out and meanwhile the stock is already like drained so if i I wanted to launch a stock in the uk you need to order within the first like 20 minutes Mm -hmm. Uh, or you were out of luck unless you do in-store pickup which i don't want to do but you know delivery for at home from apple was basically gone by quarter past um so now it rolls over to like half past one i've never had an experience where i haven't been a buyer before like in that in that way like i had one other problem with the apple store in process a couple of years i can't remember what product it was but that was where like it just took a while for the store to go live and then when i finally got in the the delivery dates were already pushed back a few weeks so i just ordered it and i'd ordered fine but my delivery date was further back in this case i was like i've got an order but i can't pay for the thing Mm -hmm. so anyway half past one comes around still can't buy it still saying payment declined then i get an email probably about another half an hour later this was about like two o'clock where apple's saying we've been unable to authorize your purchase click on this button and and it's like they send you an email you click on the button it opens a website page where you can update your payment information and you click on that button it says update payment information try again with the same payment method so i click that button the payment goes through but again immediately gets declined by the bank it's like great uh or you can update and use alternate payment method so i was like okay fine look I, i have an alternate card i'll just use that one But meanwhile, the Apple Store website is still down and broken. So the (laughs) updating to an alternate payment method thing would not work. You put in information, then you have to do like the two-factor auth. It would never load. So I couldn't update the payment information. I was just stuck. So I I click on the reuse same payment button a few more times. Every single time it gets declined. Talk to the bank on their support line. Firstly, I try phone support. Uh, Don't get through at all. I presume plenty of other people have any... Many other different issues at the moment, so couldn't get through on the phone at all. They have like an in-app like fake SMS chat support, so I did that. Took a while. People got they got back to me. and said, "Oh, we see it got declined. Don't use Apple Pay when I've never had any problem with Apple Pay in the past. Just wait an hour and pay again using your card information, like the actual you know type in your card information." Mm -hmm. So I wait an hour, try and do that. The update payment information still doesn't work on the Apple Store website, so I can't try that either. So then I have to phone Apple. To get them to basically pay over the phone, something I've never done before or ever. Like, <laughs> this feels so arcane to have to like speak credit card details over the phone to somebody. But you can't even get through the Apple phone support because they're also slammed because everybody's buying iPhones today. Mm. So I couldn't get, I couldn't do anything. I was literally just stuck in the mud. So I waited more time, still failed, couldn't do anything. The bank, I got like seven declines on my bank account for whatever reason. No one can explain it to me. The, I can't get through on Apple phone support. The Apple website doesn't work. I'm like, well, I'm um, at this point, I've given up for the day because this is like 5 o'clock in this morning. What else am I going to do? And I, I'm also working, you know, doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. So the morning comes around, Saturday morning. And I still don't really know if I've, got, if I've got launch day delivery or not. I'm like, at this point, surely my launch day window's well gone. Uh, but on the, on the order page, it doesn't show you any of the shipping information while your payment is unauthorized. But my, my order number had never changed. So next morning rolls around. Call the Apple phone support again again they're fully booked because they do like this like fake phone tree thing where you say like what is your issue and you say existing order and then the phone, the automatic thing goes okay we'll put you in the queue order. and then every single time we just say we are sorry we have too many you know we are too busy at this moment to take your call please try again later and then hang up this is the next morning by this point mm-hmm. okay i've got to try a different tack so what i do is i phone back apple phone support i say i'm buying a brand new phone so I get on a different queue on the ordering system. So then I get immediately connected to the new sales department oh, where yeah. a nice salesman tries to sell we'll me an your, iPhone. I'll we'll take your money. I'm like, I don't... He's like, what model do you want? I'm like, a 14 Pro. He's like, <laughs> um, you know, what color do you want? Do you know what storage capacity do you use a lot of photos? I'm like, I, I already have <laughs> an order number. It's like, oh, <laughs> all I want to do is pay for it. He's like, okay, I'll connect you through. So going by basically by quote unquote accidentally, or but really on purpose, going to a different... Yeah. i actually spoke to a person and that person could connect me to the right person that the phone support automatic line would just disconnect you from and they managed to let me pay with an alternate f- card number over the phone so that finally got it paid and uh, uh, paid off and then immediately the apple store app said that my delivery is still set for friday the 16th so i was happy in the end but it took over a day to get me in shape which was kind of crazy and then the, the the bank that I originally tried to buy with, because the bank I originally tried to buy with gives me one percent cash back at the moment, it's like a special deal, so I was like, yeah. oh, I'll get ten quid back. But by having to buy with the other bank, uh, I lost out on the cash back. So I like complained to them on the support line. Cause they they asked me, they like, how was your experience today? I was like, bad. And then <laughs> uh, so they gave me they gave me the ten pound cash back as like a goodwill gesture, which was quite nice. But cool. anyway, it was like it was a mess. But I did actually finally secure a fourteen Pro that is getting delivered tomorrow as we record today well, that's what episode. you think <laughs> uh, well that's <laughs> yeah. what the website says so yeah, yeah. so so what, How about what you? so you
0: ordered iphone 14 pro probably space black and 256 space gigabytes. black 256 yeah 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 and i call it ben lovejoy he ordered anything else in the uh a 14 pro max 256 gigabytes and i think he's looking at like october or so i think <laughs> because of the issues he got in late uh i you know we'll just rewind last week i was um you know, my, my, my position then was I will order an Apple Watch Ultra. I will eventually order an iPhone when my budget allows, but prioritize the watch first. And no interest in the AirPods because I have AirPods Pro. And, um, you know, what happened was <laughs> on uh, that Friday pre-order morning, I, I logged on. Just I was just curious, you know, what kind of what, what would it cost? Because I was looking before, like what it would cost to buy an iPhone 13 pro with my plan and, you know, where I am with my, my payment. And it was, ended up being a lot of money. Like I was basically better off just paying outright. And uh, so I was like, well, let's see what it looks like on Apple's website. And what I found was everything was different for the 14 pro than the 13 pro the day before, because they want you to buy the the new phone. And also T-Mobile buying through T-Mobile, the carrier or buying through Apple, the website or buying through Best Buy, all three had different promotions, even though the Apple one was a carrier promotion for T-Mobile. So that was interesting. Uh, so I actually looked at it and if you did a carrier upgrade, you could get up to a thousand dollars trade in, like they were doing boost trading credit. And for my iPhone 13, non-pro based storage, so $800 retail, they were offering, I think like $600 trade in. So that's pretty compelling. So it's like, well, that's pretty good. And I was going through the the steps to order an iPhone 14 Pro Max base storage in silver. And I, was, I had launch a delivery. And I was going through the whole process. And they require a pin from your carrier. And I didn't know my pen. I took some guesses at what it could be and couldn't do it. So that was in the morning. And by then, like when I was getting around to the, you know troubleshooting that, deliveries that slipped to uh the end of September, the beginning of October. It was getting pretty far out. Um figured out my pen by contacting T Mobile. I did chat support on their website and it or through the app. And it took three hours for them to go from you're in the queue to giving you the, the response. But it was all in the background. So I didn't take up any amount of my time like waiting on a phone call. Um so that was that was fine. Turns out never had a pin to begin with if I ordered through T-Mobile, I wouldn't have needed it. If I ordered through Best Buy, I wouldn't need it, but Apple required it. So I had to set a pin. And that was, you know, local time for me, 7 a.m. or pre-order time. Uh, 3 p.m. was when I got my pin. <laughs> so th- then I went on, uh, decided, you know, well, I'll just go ahead and order and I'll get what date I have. And it was, um, I think it was like September 27th. So it was only one week after launch or no, two weeks after launch um, for the iPhone 14 Pro Max and had the color I wanted to carry, the, the size, everything. And, um, that, that was pretty good. And, uh, the, the next day chance had messaged me, your colleague, chance Miller. And he said, I found, uh, for, for his wife, Emily, he, he found the phone model that she actually wanted for in-store pickup instead of delivery. So it would be there much sooner. He just had to drive Couple hours, <laughs> is that? Huh. Well, let me see if that's possible for me too. Because inventory had changed every night. I guess people were, were changing their order, canceling, changing the model, and all of a sudden there was inventory for the New Orleans store two hours from me, uh, or hour and a half from me. And so I, I canceled my order for for delivery, and I went to make the order for pickup, and uh, didn't have an upgrade available anymore. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it was like you only pay full price, and I'm like, chance he tricks me. <laughs> it's like, and by then I was just like. Well, I'll just, you know, I'll just wait a couple hours and try again. And um, it just it, for for the whole, all of Saturday and all of Sunday, it was not available. Um, all of Monday, it was not available. On Tuesday, I guess one business they had passed and my upgrade was available again, so I, c- I could use it. And then I thought, well, let me just see what inventory is like at Best Buy, which is instead of an hour and a half for me, it's 15 minutes for me. And they had an inventory uh, not for the 14 Pro Max, but for the 14 Pro, and not in silver, but in space black. And but it was the base storage model that I wanted. I thought sounds sounds like a good model. It was like yeah, I mean it's basically your model with, with yeah exactly. Stores, you know, <laughs> and uh, I thought you know I have, I have I rank choices you know I say silver first, Pro Max first, but uh and I, I don't want gold, I don't want purple, I and I don't want it higher than two fifty six because at that point the price becomes ridiculous yeah. Rid- ridiculous but also like you know if you need it you need it but i just don't need it and so the extra hundred dollars there is not worth it or two hundred dollars so that that wasn't in my list but the 14 pro base storage in space black was certainly on my list of acceptable phones and so i, I did I, you know i kind of weigh the options i can order the pro max for a later delivery or which was earlier than, than the apple one or i could order the 14 pro space black for day one pickup from the Best Buy near me. And it's like, well, save $100. The uh, the island is easier to reach with one hand. <laughs> and I'll, I'll do that. So I did that. Um, and it was a different offer than the trade-in offer from Apple.com. It wasn't quite as boosted. I think it was less by $50. So $550 trade-in, which means for $250, I've used an iPhone 13 for six months. And then that that was the cost of using it for six months, you know? Traded in and goes towards the, the new phone. Um, ended up, uh, I think it was just, it was under $200 down to, to secure. And then the rest of it is like $11 a month. <laughs> and it's, it's, I'll just pay that off, you know, next time. But um, yeah, so, so Chance is a little bit nervous about me going through Best Buy because he'd ordered a pro display or a studio display that way. And they canceled it the morning of. So, but but I've had a good experience. Yeah, I've had good experiences with buying phones from Best Buy
1: cause, because it is close to this often and I've had to do it. Also, and, iPhones are different to like something niche like the Studio Display. Like Apple's yeah. way more likely to just be like third-party sellers. Yeah, you can wait a bit for stock on that. But yeah. the iPhone's like a phenomenon, right? So they they yeah. they allocate for they're in higher day.
0: numbers, even though they're in higher demand too. But um, yeah. if you look at my status, it just says you know pending like pending pickup time. Like that's it. Which is another thing is um, if I were to buy through Apple, because there there were some options if I were to go purple or gold, which this wasn't my priority um, to pick up. But then you got to pick you've got to set a pickup time for the Apple Store. And they had, even though they had day one inventory, I believe what happens is they run out of day one slots. So they've, they've allocated all the pickup times to day one. And so even though they have the inventory on day one, you get a day two slot. So, I was oh. like, <laughs> yeah, like do it. So was, you know, do I want to pay more, get the color I don't really want, drive a lot further. So for, you know, say three hours round trip. Um, and I have to wait for the second day or do I want to get, you know, this option which is also acceptable for me on day one. So, so hopefully, you know, they open, I think at nine or 10 a.m. central. So I'll just drive over and have my phone. I'm super excited about that. Uh, nice. No, no, ish, no, 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 uh, you don't have to sell anything off or like sell the phone off. So that's always what I've done in the past is a, I don't think I've ever done a trade. I think I've always done uh, list it, you know, and, and have somebody buy it local. Um, and so and
1: are you already on an eat I'm
0: not on an e-sim. Okay. I can't con. I've I've converted an AT&T SIM to eSIM before, which was an issue. I had to go get a new SIM card because I think I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. it just it gave me a new plan instead of my existing plan. Um, so I, I didn't see an option to convert to eSIM, but presumably I'll be able. To, it'll be fine. I'm a little bit concerned about the trade-in situation, but I'm just going to keep my SIM card out of the trade-in phone, and at least you know then I've got that. I think got it, proof and yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it'll be fine. So, um, so, so that's my story. The Apple watch situation, um, I just, I think the, for Apple watch ultra, I couldn't pull the, I I, I, I couldn't commit to spending $800 for, for that order because in the time leading up to that, I was thinking about it and, um, series seven, I mean, there's a lot of difference between a series seven and an Apple watch ultra, especially compared to series seven and series eight, but I just couldn't commit to spending the, the full amount of money on that with having a series seven. And and then I knew like I had to sell this thing to kind of justify it. And that's a lot of work. So I've decided uh, I had an order in for that and it was through T-Mobile. So it ended up paying, I think, 300 down and then the rest over the next two years. Uh, and I had that order for day one through T-Mobile. But after some thought, I decided just to cancel that order and then just, you know, test my luck with getting a, re- a review unit eventually Another part of that was I was asking for a review unit from Apple, you know, and there's no guarantees there, but we'll we'll see. But if I'd ordered one with my own money, then getting a review unit on like week one or week two after they're in stores wouldn't have any value for me. It'd be like, well, I've already got one. Um, But if if I you know don't spend the money on one, I just get it actually to review it, and then you know I'm effectively still happy with my Series Seven. Then that then I'd feel good about that, you know, and so. Yep. So I did that. Um, you know. So so TBD on 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 uh, Ultra review. We'll we'll see. But a um, other thing is I decided last night I'd order AirPods Pro two. And the way I justified that was one I'll review them, and so that'll give me a chance to you know, uh, it, well make money back from that. And then also I gave my AirPods Pro one to my brother who you know was great, super grateful so give me a reason to upgrade uh i was thinking though airpods pro 2 were were friday you know today (laughs) uh, and (laughs) and so it occurred to me oh no it's another week out but that's that's a week out yeah i was thinking i'd drive over to best buy 15 minutes away come home with my iphone 14 pro and my new airpods but no that will be another week another week out for that so
1: well that was a story from both of us but fingers crossed to shimming. no disasters happen we should get the iphone 14 pro tomorrow Happy Hour This Week is brought to you by Urban Armor Gear. Urban Armor Gear makes superior protective accessories that allow you to take your tech further. Urban Armor Gear creates quality, rugged, protective cases for all of your essential devices, including the just released iPhone 14 range. Each case from the new iPhone 14 collection features premium materials and premium protection for your device their new lineup of cases has something for everyone including cases that offer seamless compatibility with magsafe chargers apple pay and most Qi wireless charging pads if you want to show off your phone try the translucent plylo sealer series or go subtly rugged with the civilian range or go extreme with pathfinder collection or opt for something playfully simple with the soft touch silicone dot case all cases come in a range of color options so you can find something that matches your personal style and preference Urban Armour Gear is built to go further. Shop the new collections for iPhone 14 and more at urbanarmourgear.com. That's urbanarmourgear.com. Thanks to Urban Armour Gear for sponsoring the show. Hi, I mean, iOS 16's here. What do you think about it? What, what are Whoa. people saying about it? It's, fu- it's always funny with um, like Irish release and stuff, because obviously we've been using it for months. Um, and I don't think this year the betas really changed too much like i feel like our impressions from you know beta one in june were not changed very much over the summer because i don't think they like revamped too much or there wasn't anything particularly bad or like you know that stood out as needing a lot of work at least on the iphone side right uh there wasn't like a safari situation like there was last year everything was kind of figured out in beta one and they did a couple of tweaks but it mostly stayed the same and they were just fixing bugs and you know adding the remaining features ready for 16.0 launch Uh, but still there's the time you know the time elapse gives us some context on whether we're actually using the features beyond the initial you know beta guess so the biggest thing with ios 16 is definitely all the lock screen changes you get the dynamic wallpapers like the, the the weather or the astronomy with the updating earth and moon phase you get the emoji wallpapers you get the photo wallpapers where you can have the kind of portrait effect of the subject getting cut out from the background and overlapping the time like all that stuff, um, and you get the widgets that can then be put on top. So that's kind of the lock screen like feature, which is a way big, bigger, you know, more expansive offering than what they used to have, which was basically like pick a photo, there you go. Because you can also have multiple lock screens, and you can set up like focus modes to switch between them and stuff. I still haven't really dived into like focus mode usage. Uh, maybe I will, but uh, just the the lock screens on their own, I've definitely got on board. Like I love having. Dynamic weather on anything. I don't know what it is. I just love seeing something on my screen that has the actual weather. When they added widgets and I was 14, it's it like, boom, getting rid of that weather icon, putting a, a square widget in there instead of the weather. And now I can have a lock screen which literally animates the weather. You know, it, it's not the exact same animations as you get inside the weather application, but it's still animated and then it kind of freezes. Uh, I think it's just really nice. And you can now put widgets on the lock screen so i have a activity rings widget on the iphone lock screen which i also have on my watch as well but it doesn't feel redundant to me it's nice to have in both places it still annoys me and we definitely talked about this on the show before but they haven't changed it where the activity rings are considered like Sensitive data. So yeah. while the device is locked, the activity ring is blank, and so it's only when you actually like look at it for face ID to authenticate you does the activity ring pop in with the actual rings. I wish they would change it or give you an option for it. But even with that kind of annoyance, I still like having them there. Uh, and then I played around with some other widgets, but none of them really like stuck stuck. So I've taken them away. Part of it is almost like they only give you one row of widgets, which mm-hmm. f- in some ways feels like kind of limiting but I also kind of get where they do. I don't know it's I I go back and forth but I feel like maybe next year or something they'll add like a second row so cuz you <laughs> cuz you don't get much many combinations of layout cuz you have you can either have no widgets at all or you have one row which can consist of two rectangular widgets or one rectangular and two circular and the two circulars always have to be on the right, and the rectangles to be on the left. You can't or, put or two like, rectangles, and there's the inline one above the time, which has to include the above calendar above the time. Yeah, but you can't bit. have like a circle one, then the rectangle one, then another circle. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't work. Yeah. It always puts the rectangle on the left. Limited and by current so, technology. Yeah, current technology. So <laughs> if you only go with circle widgets, you can get four circle widgets, and that's it. Plus the time one, right? Which I the time no, I haven't found a time one yet that I really like. Uh, or Find valuable but if, if if I could, I'd just turn the timer off so it only had the time and no and no date text thing. Um, but yeah. they don't offer that either. And the circular widgets, I haven't found any, but the activity rings that really like feel valuable enough to me. So have, have third uh, party
0: apps being available now that iOS 16 is out, has that changed anything for you or, or no? Uh, not at the moment i haven't Uh, found any that that work for me yet and you have to open the app first for them to appear as an option i believe yeah but also it's just a known bug with ios 16 that third-party apps aren't showing up yet for a lot of people and apparently if you change the language on your phone and then change it back they will work but i I haven't done that because i don't care enough
1: yeah like i i honestly don't even use that many (laughs) third-party apps in general like i use like twitter and stuff but there isn't like something i've been like waiting for okay now uh, i really want this as a little lock screen widget because i have like i have home screen widgets too obviously we had them since i was 14 and i only really set it on there using the weather but even if you're just like me and you only, you only have one widget like the activity rings it's still a lot of value that was never there before when you had a static image because for so many years we've talked about in this show like the apple watch clock face has so much customization so much flexibility but then you come to the iphone and all you had was a photo mm-hmm. and that was it but now they brought them much closer in line. So I'm 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 through about it and I'm happy and I'm and I like the 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 weather background and I like putting activity rings on there. But there definitely feels like they could also do a lot more. Like they could just be more wallpaper options, uh more widget spots. I feel like they should let you change the torch and the camera buttons in the bottom, because they basically look like circular widgets, but they're just buttons, right? So it doesn't seem like a stone's throw that they could just make them customizable as well. Uh, with third uh, party options, like I'd, I'd probably put Twitter down there. I know, sad, but you probably put Twitter down yeah, there, you, there or something. Yeah, you, um, you can put Twitter. Especially you it, the so. camera one. Like, yeah. why do they have a camera button and you can also swipe to get the camera? Well, that's always kind of annoying me as a bit I redundant. See. Yeah, you yeah. Are you using the lock screen stuff?
0: I I am, and I've got um I've got two lock screens saved. Uh, now it changed over the summer, but this is what I have currently. Um, one is a photo of my daughter, and that's one that I use with. The, the, the time is in a serif font, and um, it's 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 the one that I use where uh, the time is kind of behind her. So I'm using th- that effect on this one, and I think it's really really awesome. Let's see a screen shot. It's a really good photo too. But um, that's one screen that I use sometimes, and then the other one that I use um, probably more because of the utility of it is a photo of of my son at the beach, and um, both of these photos I just love. But because with the depth effect with the time, you can't do widgets, I end up using this one more. Not because my son's my favorite, but anyway. Um, I don't
1: really understand why they turn the turn the depth effect off when you put a widget yeah, on. Yeah, like I it. mean, but,
0: I, I get how they reach that conclusion, but there's, there's, there's workarounds they could have done to that.
1: Well, you could just have the widgets always be on top and then have the the subjects still be overlapping i don't really get the conflict there. well
0: i think the idea there is that your subjects, because it's the focus over the time that anything in that area would would be important prominent but you could have them like go at the bottom or something you know there's you could work around yeah the that's the thing but,
1: you only get placement at the very top like you can't yeah. choose arbitrarily where it even goes. if you have
0: a max phone yeah so. <laughs> uh, but what i have so the photo of my son at the beach is uh i've i've got and I've had this one the whole summer, but um, above the time where you just have the the day and date, um, I've got the weather, the current temperature and conditions, and it has to include the date still. So Thursday, the 15th for me right now, um, sunny conditions, 80 degrees. That is an area where it has changed over the summer and it was an issue and they fixed it at the very end, but they would just take the weather conditions as written out in the app, I guess like the long descriptive ones and there was so much truncation always. Like if it were if it were raining, it would say um raining for the next dot dot dot. <laughs> it was like you didn't get the information you're looking for. And they they've shortened it down to where I don't think you ever see truncation. If you do, it's very rare now. Um and then there's you know, the time below that which I have as the I have you know I have a nice fancy font for the one with my daughter and this one because it's more utility I have the thinner font which you notice is becoming a thing where people don't like the new default font but you can change it. So that's, that's fun. Um, and then I've got uh, the, the two by two or the one by two calendar, like events, widget, Um really useful for me because I, I do use a calendar a lot. And I, um, you know, my schedule is pretty normal, but when I already do have something that I can't miss, it's great to have it in front of me and all the reminders I can take. Uh, next to that, I've got the local um, sunset and sunrise time. So 7 PM for me right now for sunset. And I've got that because I live half a mile from the beach and it's so nice to go over there and see a sunset like as often as possible. Sunrise is usually too early for me to get out of the house, but sunset is beautiful over there. Um, and then I've got my next alarm. And these, both of these, like everything right here, no third party stuff yet. And I don't don't think I'll even use it on like the screen that I use the most. But I just love that I, um, there's there's like closer to a zero chance that I'll forget to have an alarm on because it's right here on my home screen. So like if I'm getting ready for bed or something or, you know, it's like in the evening, I can, my home screen will always show me the next alarm. So I know that I'm going to wake up in the morning. Um, and it's important for me too, because like uh, during the weekday, I go pick up my kids from school. And so I have an alarm set every single weekday for that. And so it's nice to see, you know, I've got my, I'll see the next alarm in the morning if it's after the pickup time, but before I see it, 2:50 PM right there for pickup time. So that's really useful for me. Um, saves me a lot of stress and like mental overload, having it right in front of me. Um, only complaint, you know, so they fix the truncation issue with the weather conditions is that if I don't have an event on the calendar, so right now the next one is parent conference for teachers. So for my kids at kindergarten, this is a parent teacher conference. Um, so it says one thirty to 2 PM. Fine. But if there's no event, which at some part of every day, there will, there will be no next event for that day. Um, it shows you the, I think the, the 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 date, so at least like I think the like month number year, which is redundant with the top of the, you know, above the clock mm-hmm. weather inline widget, because you cannot not show the day and date there. So if you want to have the calendar for next events, you're going to have the day and date in two spots for no reason at some point in the time. So don't love that. And I get that if you don't use a calendar widget below, you're not going to have that overlap. But if you do and i think your next appointment is pretty important like pretty popular probably as a widget um so i think that, that that you know the solution here is easy don't force the day and date in the top widget
1: it's fine yeah when you tap on that <laughs> in the customized screen there should be an option of just like none and it yeah. just takes out the date. Yeah. yeah
0: which i can see them doing with enough feedback you know so please do that <laughs> but other than that i'm, I'm really happy like if, i haven't tinkered with it a, a whole lot and i did a lot of that in the early part of the beta cycle but now I'm pretty settled in on what I have and there are widgets like I think it's wonderful now that you can have the halide camera as a widget which is just like it launches the app for you Instead of having, like, you can't change the camera. You know, before the workaround for that would be like, if you want to use a third-party app for camera, you'd need to create a shortcut that did launch the camera <laughs> and it opens this other <laughs> app, which is so janky. And this is like, you have an actual launcher on your home screen or your lock screen to launch the camera that you actually want to use. So I think that's, that's awesome. Um, I've seen other ones, like you can have Facebook notifications there, which is kind of a nightmare. You can have um, Twitter as like an app launcher, which I think looks nice in, in that little area as a circle. Um, so that, that that's that's cool, but yeah same feedback as you about the general layout you know constraints um and then the number, like the 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 one row thing uh things like having it be stacked like widgets on the home screen I think is inelegant um, there, I don't think there's anything that's like a dynamic widget like you do have kind of the series suggestions widget on the home screen. I think that could be useful for things like you know changing throughout the day you know if,
1: if it's near sunset, put that time up if it's uh next appointment put that up to have it change would be nice. Yeah, you can theoretically set up like a load of lock screens and have them change. Like, with you can change the lock screen with a shortcut or a focus mode or something, but yeah. that's a lot of work.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it is a lot of work. And also, I, um, like, like you, uh, I'm not a focus on user and I know that it gets a lot better for customization this year, but I'm not a huge fan of, of, of that sort of automation and. A lot of a lot of it is because I need to have a defined use case before I go through the process of tinkering with it, and I just don't have one that would make a whole lot of sense for me. So yeah, this is what I've got. I like it.
1: Yeah, and the only other thing I'd say about Wallpapers for now is I wish they had like dark mode switching because... This used to be a thing, like all the iOS 15 stock wallpapers would have a light mode and a dark mode. And if you chose a photo of your own, there was like a dark appearance dims wallpaper toggle you could switch. It would literally just darken it when you switch to dark mode. Mm-hmm. None of these new dynamic wallpapers, for how dynamic they are, really think about or know about dark mode at all. So like even the iOS 16 stock wallpapers, this kind of like blue and green you know, swirl, it's so bright at nighttime, And that's why I don't use it. It's just so bright. There and is a dark version in CarPlay. I've i've kind of settled on using um weather is that weather almost naturally has a dark mode at night because the sky's dark mm. <laughs> right so like the background automatically goes to a dark color um but if you're just trying to use like a photo which a lot of, obviously is like the, the vast majority of people the dark appearance dims will have which is a really nice option where like if you because i have it so dark mode turns on automatically at sunset or whatever mm-hmm. and so it was just really nice that that would turn around your wallpaper would dim as well along with the thing and they've taken that away so hopefully that comes back Mm because i think that was a nice a nice option
0: yeah in in carplay there's a dark mode version of the default wallpaper and two other color options so there's there's also a lot of orange in the default wallpaper uh, for ios 16 uh they've got a all blue version that looks like aqua uh you know, early Mac OS release background. And then they've got a black and gray version, which I think like if those were on the iPhone as a choice, that'd be really cool. I mean, they've, they've designed them. They've shipped them for CarPlay. Why not as, as wallpapers? Why not the iPhone? Um, and then the whole thing where you, and we talked about this over the summer, but the actual release shipped it, where it just nukes all of your old wallpapers that are <laughs> from Apple and including the ones that are like phone specific. So there are new ones going forward, but all the old ones are gone you know if you buy an iphone 14 or 14 pro you are gonna have some new ones but and they've done that every year where the marketing one for that phone is only on that phone you upgrade and it only sticks if you don't change it you know and you recover from
1: backup but um that's 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 i i, I get it's it. a bit antiquated like when they've got this whole new gallery where you could just like yeah. scroll infinitely it just feels like one row should just be all the old wallpapers that a great a great year. collection would be that yeah 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 like, it is they, the have different... a, they have a category called collections but most of the wallpapers in that set are not collections they're just single wallpapers yeah collection like, like, of the, the clownfish <laughs> is in a collection wall category but it's just a clownfish there's no other option it's same for the
0: default wallpaper right it's a collection same for but... the
1: default wallpaper same for the pride one i guess the pride is like a couple of configurations but not many mm-hmm. the unity one you can have two colors or three colors three colors or four colors and like the difference between the two is very very slight Mm -hmm. the pride one has more options because you can actually choose different background colors, but still like one of those collections just be all the old photos they had. And I don't even care if they make them all 3d, like the clownfish one, just have nice imagery and you can shuffle them or do whatever. But Uh,
0: yeah, I think it's kind of request, like what, you know, none of this is on the iPad, for example. Um, I think these kind of requests, it's easy to, you know, think, well, why do they do that yet? But, um, I think the answer is like, you know, in time, these things do get done, especially based on the amount of feedback they get. You know, they rank the, the best ones first, but, um, you can look at something like the, um, live activity situation and how like that they didn't make the deadline of the new iPhone release or the new OS release, but, and they're probably about a month behind on getting that, that out, you know, um, but look at that so like once those bigger things are out of the way you can see them working on other more things maybe for point releases in ios 16 maybe for ios 17 uh but you know i think that there's there's hope and what they did do i mean there's it's pretty good it's a good
1: start yeah <laughs> pretty good really stuff decide. yeah yeah other other ios 16 features uh iMessage editing is like a big one i guess so you can edit and delete your uh my messages now which they did change over the summer a bit because they changed the policy on like how many times you can edit it how long you can edit it for before it freezes and how, how you only get like a minute or two to delete i i, I mean it's it's not a game changer cuz It wasn't that bad before. If you made a typo, you could just send a follow-up text message, and people understood. But it is nice for cleanliness reasons that if you do make a little mistake, you can just now like long press and edit it. And the UI for seeing the previous edits from other people is very pretty and stuff. So they did a good job on it. I don't think it's like a revolutionary, game-changing situation, but it's nice that they added that. And the new dictation experience is pretty significant. So that's in iMessage and other places where you press the the dictation button, and you don't like. Before, it was very modal, where you had to like say a complete string of verbal, then stop the dictation. It would translate it and then you could edit Whereas now, it's kind of like, you can talk, and if you stop talking, you can then edit with the keyboard, then you can go back to talking. It's very fluid and a lot more natural, I feel like. And you can do stuff like include emoji when you speak, and it automatically adds punctuation, so you don't have to stand there going like what am i having for lunch question mark exclamation mark full stop like most of the time you can just speak a sentence and it figures out where the punctuation should go so it makes it a lot more approachable for me rather it's like because before when you had to spell everything out and if there was a mistake you had to stop talking and cancel and it didn't go back it was almost just more effort than typing but now i'm more inclined to to speak because it's just a lot easier and a lot more fluid i don't know if you've if you had glommed onto the dictation anymore do you use it in general i don't know I've, t- I've touched it by accident a few times. You touched it by accident. <laughs> well, you can't touch voice memos by accident anymore because they shoved that into the app drawer. So that was that was something I'd always hit by accident because that's where the send button was, right? Yeah. And but now that's gone. Now you now if you touch by accident, you get dictation instead. <laughs> yeah. Um, copy subject is like a big fancy feature that everyone talks about on iOS 16, where you can long press on a photo and it will like cut out the subject. You can drag and copy and paste it other places. It's a cool tech demo. I do think it's more gimmick than useful like it's fun but I don't really know what you're going to do with it in the long term and I think it's actually more destructive because it overrides the long press gesture in so many places that what you really want to do is like long press on the image to save it or just copy the whole image but instead oh no now you've got a copy subject in the way and you have to like thingy it and if you're in the photos app it collides with the live photos gesture so I think it's fine for them to add the feature but I wish they wouldn't have overloaded the long press with it I guess is my kind of conclusion there they should just put it in the share menu or the more options menu or something because there's no practical use for it right
0: there's a tweet going around where someone does a tiktok and then they screenshot and copy out themselves and put it in a note and it's them documenting what outfit they had and i guess the idea there is they don't want to repeat it or something i don't know but that's so specific. And it's yeah. like the first p- thing that people have shown like, ah, oh, this is what it's good for. Um, I think it's very cool for, uh, grabbing photos, not just out of like your, your, your photos app, but from Safari on the web. That's super, I think that's pretty useful because it's pretty hostile to get images from the web these days. Um, sometimes you just can't. Without looking at the page store, sometimes you get a WebP file or now there's a, a new one that's not really compatible with anything yet. So uh, I like that you can copy a subject out of an image. Of course, it isn't just the whole photo. In that case, it might, might not be your, your purposes. But um, if you do any photo editing, I mean, the, I think the main utility right now is like making memes, you know, where you copy it out and you put it on, something, on top of something else the the missing feature is being able to take the subject of a photo and then use it as a sticker you you can just paste it in the chat and there is an, an app that i saw mac stories cover uh, this week where you can use that app drag photos into that app and then it makes a sticker that you can put over messages as well and that's pretty cool because it saves yeah that's well. kind of neat yeah Apple should have built that in.
1: like if you if yeah. you copy subject and drag it the message it's just automatically be a sticker I feel yeah
0: like. i've got the tab open on my mac i'll, I'll find the name in a little bit but or actually it's right here it's um Sticker drop. Good name. Sticker drop. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, so yeah. I, I, I like the animation that happens whenever you do it. it yeah, it is a cool animation. That's classic whimsy Apple. Yeah.
1: The, the, big, the other big feature that I was anticipating would be huge for iOS 16 would be the iCloud shared photo library because I've been wanting that for so long. But that got deferred at the GM candidate, the release candidate. So it's not out yet. But when that comes out, that will be a big feature that I use a lot.
0: Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense that they don't ship it for the iPhone because even though there are iPhone only users, you have to turn this on everywhere. And if you turn it on your, if you have it turned on your, your, your iPhone and you're not running any betas, then your iPad and mac wouldn't have access and when you yeah, put these see in
1: the photos you'd move to the shared library yeah they just they're
0: just out of your library because it makes a new library basically for the shared stuff and so you just wouldn't have access to that so that i think it makes perfect sense to ship the last like device supporting this feature and then turn it on uh, and I, I think that's maybe more of the reason they're, they're not shipping it yet
1: because it seemed pretty stable in the base. yeah yeah I mean, we, we tried like, it out like almost on, as soon as it was available and it seemed pretty yeah, yeah. good then. So. It, it
0: worked great on day one. I don't think we were like really stress tested in terms of like putting like thousands of photos there. But um, I, think, I think
1: they've got it, you know, they waited two decades to do this. And so I think they've got it right out of the door. Yeah. And I think that's like the lock screen stuff is obviously the major iOS 16 thing, but there's loads of small stuff that I'm sure we'll cover mm-hmm. in future episodes and stuff as it comes up. But I'm, I'm happy with iOS 16. Don't think there's any crazy like, bugs or catastrophes or terribleness like the ipad os 16 situation is a lot more is a lot rougher let's put it that way (laughs) Uh, but iOS 16 they did a good job so and people and customers seem to be happy with it there was a report that said ios 16 adoption is outpacing ios 15 so that's always a good sign everyone seems pretty positive happy hour this week is also brought to you by zocdoc if you're a fan of sushi It's like an incredible food to eat at a restaurant, but gas station sushi, not so much. And that analogy is like finding the right sushi restaurant makes all the difference. And the same goes for finding the right doctor. With ZocDoc, you can find the right doctor for you in your network and in your neighborhood. One that makes you feel like you're in good hands, you're supported and you're heard, even if you're telling them about your favorite sushi place. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient reviewed, take your insurance and are available when you need them. Go to ZocDoc.com to get the app and sign up for free. ZocDoc has thousands of providers listed in one app. You can find every type of specialist, whether you're trying to straighten your teeth, fix an achy back, get that mole checked out, or anything else, ZocDoc has got you covered. And the app is super simple to use. Search, find, and book doctors in just a few taps. You can easily read up on doctors in your area and see what real humans had to say about their visit with verified patient reviews. Just go to ZocDoc.com choose a time slot and select whether you want to see the doctor in person or via video visit. So now when you walk into that doctor's office, you're all set to see someone in your network who gets you. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc. It's the go-to place whenever you need to find and book a quality doctor. So go to ZocDoc.com slash happy hour and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours once again that's zocdoc.com slash happy hour z-o-c-d-o-c.com slash happy hour thanks to zocdoc for sponsoring the show
0: next up, i want to talk about watchOS 9 for apple watch uh last week i was i wasn't yet running the 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 gm i think you were Mm -hmm. but you didn't have a an apple watch with a compass in it which i'm not sure how you (laughs) you get to the day that way but you know suit yourself uh i've I've experienced the compass on the series seven, and uh I think the icon is uglier. I think the actual compass app is much uglier, and I think the utility that it adds is wonderful, so that's what i've got the hmm. yeah the the features like using it to um set a y- your waypoint to backtrack to you know that being on on all the watches with the compass i think is is great uh I think that the white user interface over the black user interface is way more practical for outside where you use a compass. (laughs) That's that's, that's wonderful. Uh, I think, let's see. Aside from that, the one thing I noticed is that on the uh, non action button, Apple watches, when you hold the side button, Down, which is the way that, you know, if you keep holding it, it does emergency SOS and calls 911 and sends your location to your emergency contact. But um, if you just hold it for a few seconds before it does that, the countdown, it gives you an option to show your medical ID, you know, slide to do the SOS or set your the way back point for the compass. And so I think that's cool that they've got that. And there was, I think it's an action button action on the Apple Watch Ultra. Um, but have, having it there as an option on the side button feels like you're getting a new feature, which you are. Um, so I like that. I, I believe also that the feature where map sets your car location when you park if you use frequent locations, frequent.
1: Yeah. The park car thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's moved a compass as a waypoint, which is clever. So, so there's, there's that low power mode. I was really happy with experiencing low power mode. I have a, an LTE Apple watch and I have LTE turned on when I'm not, I'm not at home. Um, and I just went through an entire day where I did everything normal, including like leave home, you know, without the phone or, you know, be away from the phone with LTE, you know, when I got outside and things like that. And, I started out this test with ninety percent battery, so not even one hundred, and I crossed the thirty-six hour mark with ten percent left. So there's twenty percent that I didn't use, and I still reached thirty-six hours with low power mode. And this you is do on... lose a lot of stuff though for that. For that, yeah, yeah. There there, were, there was no back, background heart rate tracking. You know that that was the, the big one for me. Um,
1: and, and do you ever a your Apple Watch these days? I forget. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep,
0: yeah, yep. Because okay. mm-hmm. yep.
1: Your cellular on your Apple Watch is turned off if you're uh, using low power mode. Yeah, it's fine. It makes sense. It's fine. But like, is that like? <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bad feature, but it is a big trade-off. Like you also- low power mode on the iPhone. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the time it doesn't even feel like anything's different, you know. But on the Apple Watch, they, are, they do turn off a lot. I've just got up the little list. They said so you don't get always on display. You don't get heart rate notifications for like a regular rhythm. You don't get background heart rate measurements. You don't get background blood oxygen measurements. Oh, no. You don't get the start workout reminder when you're doing the automatic workout stuff. You don't. If your iPhone isn't nearby, it, your Apple Watch won't connect to Wi Fi and it won't connect to cellular unless you launch an app explicitly and then it will like load them up and use a lot of power. And it, your, your Apple Watch won't also get incoming phone calls and notifications. If it's on its own, like if the iPhone's there, it will do it. But if it's on its own and you get a phone call, it will just go to missed calls, so you won't get it. And also, initiating a phone call could take longer. Background app refresh happens less frequently. Complications don't update as often. Siri can take longer to work, and (laughs) some animations and scrolling might appear less smooth. But the fact that like Wi-Fi and cellular is just basically turned off, like passively, is a big gotcha that you need to be aware of. Like, obviously. It is a low power mode, so if you're in situations where you just need more power, you can probably trade off those things. But it isn't as like free as like the iPhone low power mode is, if you know yeah. what I mean.
0: Yeah, I think has a great list of trade offs though, especially if you have your iPhone with you as well. Because there's also, I mean, anytime I've been away for a while, like I'm not, you're not going to use low power mode to run a marathon. You know, you just lose that on so much and it's not great. But if you're just away from your your charger for a long time then, and you have your iPhone with you, then you're not going to... The, the LTE stuff doesn't matter or the cellular stuff doesn't matter because uh, you've got your iPhone with you anyway. And and I also I expected the, the notifications to come in much later than they did. Every every notification with the iPhone near you is as timely as ever. It just felt like having an Apple Watch Series 4 or something, you
1: know? Yeah, so, or a non... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: So <laughs> that's,
1: I, the, that's the watch I wear, so there you go. Yeah. It, it, there's, it's, it's a good trade-off, um,
0: but I also don't have a need to, every single day to have 36 hour battery life and it isn't like it changes the way that you can charge you do it once a week or something so for me i just wanted to test it to see what the results were but there,
1: there is by the way an option up, where you yeah. can have a uh, low power mode turn on automatically during a workout which makes sense because like you're probably not going to be taking phone calls or checking yeah. notifications and stuff so and it will keep doing the heart rate tracking but oh, all cool. the background like cellular connection stuff you can have automatically turn off while you're in maybe maybe games, you, so. you will run a marathon then with it so. yeah maybe you would get away with a marathon yeah, right? yeah. This so thing that's bat- probably what it's aimed at which is a nice t- nice little story. yeah the other thing battery related
0: is i, I saw the apple watch ultra you know, what is it 36 hours of battery off the bat um if you have if you use it on cellular you get 18 <laughs> that's a pretty big it's a pretty big uh change if you if you're actually like using it without your phone and i
1: think if you've got gps running continuously it's like 12 hours or something there were a lot yeah. of gotchas to that headline number yeah. so there's we'll there's see. A... obviously when you get one or when there's a reviews and stuff we'll know for sure yeah and i think that's okay
0: it's just kind of surprising it, like cutting it in half when you're only using you know lte is is a big change um but if you're t- if you're doing it to go out and camp and hike you should have you probably want your iphone too yeah So oh, nice like like running a running a marathon on your iPhone, great. iPhones are huge. Don't want to carry those. But going on an expedition without your iPhone, not a great idea. Yeah. Uh, Apple Watch update. Apple Watch face updates. I mean, the this, this story is the same as ever. Where there's always something that you want to change about the Apple Watch face. That if you could just, even if you didn't have third party watch faces, just have. The ultimate customizer, like if you like one thing from California, one thing from utility and one one thing from the new metropolitan face, they've all got one thing you don't like. You could just make it the face that you like, but um, can't can't do that. Like like things like um, certain watch faces have color complications. Some certain watch faces have grayscale complications, which affects eligibility a lot. Uh, those are the things that, that are annoying. Um, but those are all the same hasn't changed but they they do i think it's nice like visually where they've got these color backdrops for modular and other watch faces those are i think they look really good Mm. and if battery life is not an issue then that's just one more way to spend your battery and and it appeals i'm not using any of those but when i see them like like that's a huge part of marketing the series eight is just showing those watch faces with color matching you know backgrounds um which I guess is just as is is the same as using a photo as your background, you're using all of the the screen. Um, The Metropolitan face in general, I think it's great to have another analog watch face. And it's certainly different enough from other watch faces from California, Utility, Explorer, Meridian, that uh, as its own watch face, I think it's, 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 it's great. I don't love the look of it myself and you can do things like spin the digital crown to change the height and width of the numbers This is a clever clever use of that um and it's it's a it's a good watch face but uh it's not the one that i'm using every day but again like when you're buying a new apple watch series 8 every series 8 shows this watch face and there's so many ways of customizing it to to look different that uh i think that's, that's pretty good also, a metropolitan is a brandy cocktail, so there's there's that. The the playtime watch face, you know, we laughed at it after WWDC. You know, it's it's there. <laughs> 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 I'm not sure which is better, that one or the horse, the Hermes horse face. But they're in well, public. we can't
1: test the horse one, so we don't know. Maybe the horse one. No, our,
0: our esteemed uh, audio editor, Seth, uh Kurkowski, he is a day one Apple Watch Hermes Series Eight customer, so he'll know he'll, he'll... he should
1: do a post just on the horse face on <laughs> i
0: think he is <laughs> <laughs> uh, astronomy is updated in a cool way just to sort of be as as cool dynamic as the, the astronomy uh, lock screens on the iphone and then you know i think is a, a big one that isn't a big headliner is that before the portrait watch face where you have the time you know be behind your subject uh, in a portrait mode taking photo you know the iphone does this on any photo but the apple watch has got to be a portrait mode taking photo um as it was people before now it's people and pets so you can have cats or dogs as well and that seems good you yeah? know so the rich complications on older watch faces that is a feature that i've wanted to sense the series for when they made the change uh and it's, i'm glad they finally did it it's not a hundred percent some people hate these changes. They like the way that the other ones worked or looked or presented. Uh, and this is just goes back to customization. I mean, if you just had more, like, you know, make, make it only on the iPhone, you know, or you can only, only on the iPhone can you go through this huge customizer, but, you know, people want all these options.
1: Uh, yeah, like you need third party <laughs> faces or you just need more faces. That's always going to be the tension, right? I,
0: even if you don't, I mean, they do one one or two faces a year. That's that's fine. But it, like people just like one thing everybody seems to want is I just want to change this one thing in this watch face that you can do on this other watch face and they don't have that yet so um this is one of those with the rich complications uh if you don't like them I get it my complaint isn't that I don't like them I'm glad they're finally there it feels like oh it's just finally made for this watch you know this watch hardware uh but like Explorer for example You get, and that's only on the cellular Apple Watches, by the way, I I hadn't realized that or I hadn't thought about that, but someone on Twitter asked me, how do you get that? And then I realized, oh, if you have GPS only, you don't have that. But the top two corner complications are the new rich complications, i.e. the ones from Series 4 and later. The bottom one is still a single wraps around the dial complication, around the, the bottom half. And... I don't love that as a thing. Like when the bottom one was a straight line, fair enough. But as curved text, I just think it looks goofy and I hate it. And I would much prefer to have the two corner complication on the top and then two in the bottom and not have that wide but smiley face shaped complication, especially if you've got shorter text, like it's just like the weather temperature from from an app or so, then You've got like like say there's three characters there. <laughs> one center, the other two are, are are inward. And it just looks so ugly to me l on Apple and I hate you know, it's one of the things I don't love. But I'm glad that, glad they got there with rich complications at least on more faces. Um the workout app is a lot more featured, especially for runners. You don't have the the Apple Watch Nike version anymore, but you do get the faces on everything but the AirMez Watch face, which people are complaining about. Um but I, but I kinda get it like for a while, the built-in workout app for runners has been more featured than the Nike Run Club app. And the the NRC app is more like if you're a beginner, it's a great on-ramp for running. And, and it's a great community of other runners. But if you want the most data then and the most features, the workout app is way better for runners. Things like stride length, ground contact time, and vertical oscillation, those are just... Yeah great new features just to have the more new,
1: attack
0: yeah yeah um running power as a measure of, of how much exertion you have when you're running is, is a new metric um and then there's i don't think i knew this until today perfectly with the show but there's an enhanced workout summary on the iphone where um when you're looking at the the fitness app at your workout after the fact you can put your finger on the graphs and see like time stamps of of when this part of that was which is wonderful. Um, medication app is a big one. It's, it's on the iPhone. It's on the Apple Watch. It works wonderfully. I, I stopped using it after the initial test of it, but it's so good that you can use this. You can manage it for your family. You can use it for yourself. It It's really easy to set up. So I like the, the medications app. And then the last thing that I learned this, this week is because of AFib history and the way that that works, You get better recovery data after a workout. And this is based on the HRV metrics, heart rate variability. Before um, AFib history was a feature, you would get this measurement every two hours. And now you get it every, uh, I think, two minutes. So big change. And I was reading this this, uh, this blog. It is called the5krunner.com and the author gives a great rundown of how this works and why it's, why it's way better uh, at giving you accurate recovery time and more so and it, it is all you have to have the AFIP history feature turned on to get the um, more frequent uh, heart rate variability data in um, but so it's kind of a side effect of that but then that's
1: still learning things about watchOS 9 as it, as it ships. <laughs> so. and they did make the sleep App slightly better with some more categorization stuff, and I know we've been going on them about making sleep better for years since they introduced the sleep feature. But this is this is a nice step. But what they really need is like automatic detection because the fact that sleep is attached to like the sleep mode is just, it just feels very uh, old fashioned. Like you just want to be able to where you watch to bed and go to sleep, and it just tracks it. And they they still don't offer that. But yeah, Watcher's name pretty decent.
0: Yeah. Yeah, not as one this week, but Pillow. I use I still use Pillow for for that to get you yeah, get a, get a yeah, whole entire app for, for sleep which is
1: more dedicated is always going to be better i believe and the calendar app is way better this year that's a small one but you mm-hmm. finally don't only see this this month yeah yep. <laughs> which is really nice and speaking of sleep mayo happy hour this week is also sponsored by helix sleep helix sleep provides tailored mattresses based on your unique sleep preferences they learn what you like through the helix sleep quiz now zach you've been sleeping on a helix mattress for what Two years now, yes, if not longer. Mm -hmm. So, what, what, what,
0: what do you use? What do you have? I have the Midnight mattress based on the quiz, which asks you about preferences like how you sleep, positions, what you prefer—firm, soft, in the middle—and the Midnight is perfect for me. This is a you know a situation where you don't you don't go into a store and try it out for a few minutes. You give information about how you actually sleep, and it lines up with the right solution for you. And something I was telling you the other day was. The, my Helix mattress is like one of the nicest things I own in terms of being like, I don't want to let that go. And it's, it's an instant recommendation for family uh, and friends and our listeners.
1: The Helix lineup includes 14 different mattresses, soft and firm, luxury models, a mattress of big and tall sleepers, and even one made for kids. And they have models with enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night, perfect for these hot summers. So how do you choose what will work best for you and your body? Just take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalised mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. So that's why they also offer a 100-night risk-free trial. Try out your new Helix mattress, see how your body adjusts and how much you like sleeping on it. But if it's not the best fit for you, you can return it within 100 days for a full refund. Their mattresses are American made and also come with a 10 or 15 year warranty depending on the model. And if you need more convincing, Helix has been awarded the number 1 best mattress pick by GQ and Y magazine and has over 12,000 five star reviews from happy customers. So, just go to helixsleep.com/95mac, take their 2 minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a customized mattress to give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for happy hour listeners. So go to helixsleep.com slash 9to5mac now. That's spelled H-E-L-I-X-S-L-E-E-P dot com slash 9to5mac. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Thanks to Helix for sponsoring the show.
0: All right, iOS 16.1, that's a thing now
1: it What's, is yeah does that have? <laughs> iOS 16 comes out iOS 6.1 follows like a day later yeah and that includes the iPad version and the iPad version yeah it continues to be in beta which we're expecting to launch in October with you know new iPad hardware and stuff but for the iPad side stage manager remains a big nebulous blob and they now on what is probably beta 8 in total if you include all the iPadOS sixteen betas and stage manager still remains in a very awkward position of not for satisfying hardcore customers or basic users, like it's in a very weird spot. So I don't, I don't know what they're gonna do. I don't know what they're gonna do there. They're, we're still waiting, really, for them to do a massive overhaul on it in the next like beta or something. But every beta comes along <clears> <throat> and it doesn't really change. They did a few little things in this thing. You can drag windows between displays and stuff, but nothing fundamental. So yeah. we'll see what happens. I reckon it either gets delayed or gets a beta label on it. We talked about that before.
0: I, I love but- Steve Trout Smith for a number of reasons, but my favorite thing he's doing this summer is he's just being very vocal about the, the state of stage manager. And it's always in ways that I'm not using the feature. I tried it for, you know, just briefly. Uh, but just by, de- like by design, you know, from, from the keynote presentation, it's like, you see how it works and you see, you know, the limits and didn't, didn't, didn't love that. Uh, so I love his con- you know, tweets all summer where he just talks about the issues, not just like in this particular beta, but like fundamental issues about why this isn't, doesn't work the way it needs to work and then his recent conclusion is you know this is what they're going to ship because (laughs) you know it's true It's what they're going to ship and it's going to be what we (laughs) have they're going to iterate on this for you know a number of years and hopefully it gets better for folks but but the the other thing is you know is there a possibility that they just don't ship this 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 year you know they they decide "Eh,
1: it needs more time and even if they do ship it the escape patches it's optional right you turn it on from control center you could most people will using an iPad even, assuming it has shipped will never even know it's there because they'll never open it and yep. click on it and see what happens. But in happier news, the iPhone continues on a good path with a load of new features coming six point one. So the live activities API is coming. That obviously supports uh, you know, these rich kind of push notifications that are also just like ongoing activities and on older iPhones they appear on the lock screen as banners. Uh, but on the iPhone 14, it, they'll like emerge from the dynamic island stuff. So 14 Pro, cool.
0: to be specific,
1: not 14. So, yeah, yeah, specifically yeah. on the Pro. Yeah. I, I, the 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 documentation does say it appears as banners on older non dynamic island models too. But I don't think we know for sure where they appear. Like maybe they just appear like notification banners. Uh, but the island's definitely the cool thing because you get the different views. Um, again, remember live activities for third party apps aren't as capable as Apple's own ones, like the timer, because there's no interactivity. You can't do advanced animations, but you can still get your data across. One gotcha I did see on the documentation this week that I hadn't noticed before is that live activities can only be started from the foreground, which does put a bit of damper on things because like Apple keeps talking about sports scores, right? That like you could choose your favorite team and then when the team's playing a match, you get sports scores pushed to you with live activities. But what they haven't mentioned is to get that to happen, you're gonna when the game starts, you're gonna first have to open the app, which then allows the, the app to register a live activity for the next eight hours, which then can show your updating scores on the Dynamic Island or on the lock screen. It's not quite as passive and I understand why they've kind of like it would probably be too open for abuse if any app could just shove massive like big banners at you at any time. And I kind of feel like, 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 like which one would, would Which one mean, would win? Yeah. yeah. But I kind of feel like they need some some use cases just beg for a rich notification that is like in your face, right? And so with the sports scores idea, the idea is in advance, you've like signed up to be like, I want to get sports scores from this team. And then you just want to sit back and when the game when people play matches, it just pops up on your iPhone like magic automatically. But under the current model, that isn't really going to be possible. So I don't know what's going to happen there. Maybe they can add like a second tier of permissions in the future or something, but that was a bit of a letdown because a lot of the use cases i was imagining kind of like they're possible in the current way of requiring the app to open but they're not as elegant like maybe the like what the sports app's going to have to do is send you a push notification when the game's starting so that then you have to like tap on it to confirm you want a live activity so the app launches it starts live activity, and then you can go back to your job it's just not as elegant as the kind of imagined envisioned future of oh it just appears there, right, ready and waiting for you. Yeah, what so. it does
0: work for, though, like if you're waiting, you're, you're the Starbucks alerts where it gives you every step of the process or you order pizza, like all those things, you've, you've opened the app to do those. And so it's going to be fine. Um, same thing for for calling an Uber. It's you open the app to do that, you close it, and then all, everything comes from the, you know, at that point it's okay. Um, things like if you have an amazon package coming and get the alerts you know on the way next stop all those things those are those are cool and that would be a wonderful live activity but you need to then open you need to open the app first and that's that's a situation where you're just basing it on the alerts and the goal of live activity is you don't have the the three or five to 20 alerts you have just the one that continues to change based on the steps and so opening the app for an Amazon delivery that you're checking, maybe, maybe that that's less likely because you didn't go there to do an action that began the process, at least recently. For the sports scores one, if you're watching the game yourself, then you're not going to go to an app for it. But if you want to keep up with the score and you can't watch the game yet or you aren't going to, then I can see you checking first in the app. For like what is How is it going right now? But I can also totally see... You know, you always want to have this this come. You can always have a notification for it, but you've got to launch the app first to have a, a live activity. Uh, yeah, I, I can see the limitation there. I like another, that...
1: like an example I'd thought of is like deliveries.
0: So, mm-hmm. like
1: if in the in the Amazon example, right, you like order an item on Monday and it's getting delivered on Wednesday. Wednesday if Wednesday rolls around and the live activity from Amazon could just show there when it's like an hour away or whatever and then you could get like minute by minute updates of it coming to your location that'd be really nice but instead if you're gonna have to be foregrounded first they're just gonna send you a notification which then you click on and then it puts then it puts the live activity like it's just putting a bit of friction in the way which I hadn't thought about before
0: yeah but it does solve the problem of of which spam which, well, you spam and then and mm-hmm. also which one takes over. So if you didn't have control over it, and I guess launching the app is how you control it, but it's totally possible that you could have a Starbucks order competing with a sports game or a Starbucks order competing with your Uber, you know, coming to pick you up. And which one's more important if the system decided based on whatever, then... Maybe the most recent alert it might might work, but being able to, like as a user, if you sort of learn the behavior, the one that you opened most recently is the one that, that gets to that spot. If that's how it works, then that's all right.
1: Yeah, we'll, again, we'll see what developers do with it. I think it's cool regardless, but that was just something that I hadn't really seen before. Yep. Um, Clean energy charging. This is an interesting feature. So the iPhone, Apple will like... S- Transmit a schedule of when the grid in your area is using cleaner energy, and then make your iPhone charge at those times instead of just naively charging. So it's kind of like optimized battery charging, but rather than optimizing the health of your own battery, it's optimizing like the The health of the Earth. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) it's a a clever idea. I don't. I'd love to see some like analysis on how much difference this makes. Because obviously, an iPhone battery is quite small, but there are a lot of iPhones in the world. So if every iPhone did this, I'm sure it'd, it'd add up. But this might be laying the groundwork for features they'll eventually need for, like they could do it on the laptops and stuff eventually, and maybe like a car or down the road, you know. Like, but I think it's cool they're starting with the iPhone. It's an interesting idea. And mm-hmm. um, there's a slightly clearer way to customize the home screen because one thing we didn't really mention in the iOS 16 section of the podcast today was with the lock screen customization, it is slightly more complicated or involved to have a different lock screen from your home screen because the system really wants you to have a synchronized lock screen and home screen being the same because then you also get nice animations like if you have the earth one when you slide to unlock and swipe it up the earth kind of like swivels towards you as you swipe so it's a really nice effect but a lot of people just want one photo on their lock screen and one photo on the home screen and that is a possible to achieve in ios 16.0 but it's a bit more like covered up and hidden away Uh, on 16.1 they've made it slightly more um, obvious because the lock screen gallery when you click on a lock screen it basically just says do you want to customize the lock screen or the home screen if you click the home screen you can then get the options to pick a photo or a gradient or a blur and that that setting used to exist but it was a lot more buried away but now they've brought it to the surface so that'll help people who are a bit confused on where they need to go
0: yeah i want to go back to the to the uh this clean energy charging for mm -hmm. a moment because it's kind of you know just we 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 get like what the goal is but how it works is also interesting and i think it's super unclear you know how, how do they achieve this where does it work um and just what we've you know sort of to cover and uncover through the code of how it works is that it looks for information from a load balancing authority based on where you are where your phone is um and and then it makes those those calls um and then uh, you know i was wondering well what is (laughs) what is the load (laughs) balance authority and um something like eia.gov has a grid monitor and and those with that you can look at and see um data and and it makes the Makes the, the the guess based on that, so it downloads emissions and forecasts for the device's location, um and it sort of factors that into when it would charge. So it's, I like knowing how it works behind the scenes. It isn't just like always trying to make a guess, but you know having the forecast there for of of what emission uses are going to be, or yeah, what what the emission forecast is. I think
1: that's it's, it's clever. Yeah, it's, it's it's not something you'd expect. Like it came out of the blue, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, a matter. <laughs> continues to sort of matter but also not matter but in 16.1 there is now a new matter accessories section in settings where supposedly matter accessories will at some point turn up there and you'll be able to do something with them i don't quite get why it's a like a panel in settings versus just being like a screen in the home app whereas where you're meant to be managing all your matter stuff like i don't quite get the role of this screen but it's new so obviously it has some purpose and i believe 16.1 is also going to be the update where apple enables the new architecture for HomeKit. This isn't confirmed, they could delay it, but look for that uh, when this ships, probably in October sometime. That's when they're expecting that they're going to roll out a HomeKit update where the processing will happen on central nodes like an Apple TV or a HomePod, rather than on each individual device, which should allow it to be more reliable and faster to respond. So if that works out, it'd be really nice, Uh, but it does have the downside of requiring a HomePod or Apple TV is like the... Yeah. act Because before, you could use them as pubs, but if you didn't have a HomePod, the whole HomeKit system would still work. They would just talk peer-to-peer. But that had downsides in terms of being like a slow network. Whereas now, you can opt in to the new architecture. The Home system runs directly on the Apple TV slash HomePod, and you should get, in theory, at least a more reliable, faster system, which also supports the Matter Accessories. So uh, we'll check that, obviously, when it, when it launches.
0: Um, yeah, regarding timing right, yeah. Uh, of release... There's also Watch OS 9.1 in beta, and I believe from what we've seen so far, that's the that's the version that introduces Apple Watch Ultra support. Really? Yeah, the,
1: but it the, could, the Ultra launches next week, right?
0: Right. It's the 23rd, so it could just be that we, there's not a there's there's not the firmware yet for Apple Watch Ultra. Uh, yeah, because surely 9.1 will come.
1: Can't be shipping next week. That'd be way too soon. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I, I presume there's an Apple Watch Ultra build of which was 9.0 or mm-hmm. 9.0.1 or something. Yeah, And then also new in 16.1, the battery percentage <laughs> is available on iPhone 10R, iPhone 11, iPhone 12, iPhone 13 mini. Which was just a weird omission when they launched it in like beta 5 of iOS 16 and I said on the show, oh, in a later beta I'm sure they'll bring it to the other iPhones and then they didn't and then they shipped us. like, well that is weird. But they just needed a little bit longer because iOS 6.1 brings it to those devices. No design changes, still the same thing. One controversial thing where it's like food <laughs> in and the number, but I think it makes sense. But anyway,
0: I, yeah. I, I uh, follow a lot of you know, tech journalists on Twitter and it's funny seeing some of the more general journalists, tech journalists discover this for the first time and they go through the whole process of like, oh, it doesn't drain the battery throughout like the icon battery It just as a number and it's like the same day one observations everyone had from the beta period is now <laughs> mainstream
1: see that's ios 16.1 probably coming out around mid-october alongside the ipad and mac stuff in there and it'll probably come out with macOS ventura as well finally this week happy hour is sponsored by declutter now that the iphone 14 lineup has been announced Old iPhone models are about to see a drop in value. Historically, that drop has been about 12% in the first month following the launch of new iPhones and about 20% depreciation three months after launch. So that means that right now is the time to lock in the trading value of your current phone before upgrading to the iPhone 14. Declutter is 9to5Mac's official trading partner and it offers a fast, easy and free way to sell your old devices. It will also come with Declutter's tech price promise to guarantee you get the first price quoted or request your device back for free declutter makes it easy to lock in your iphone's trading value with a generous 28 day guarantee that means that you can keep using your current iphone and send your device in after you get your new iphone without having to take a depreciation hit so to get started hit the link in the show notes or head over to declutter.com slash mac and tell them what you're selling and you'll get a free instant valuation then ship your items no cost to you and you can get paid the day after your items arrive by direct deposit or by paypal that's declutter.com, D E C L U T T R.com slash 95 Mac. Thanks to declutter for sponsoring the show.
0: All right, the iPhone 14, 14 Pro, and 14 Max reviews are out this week before the phones come out on Friday today. Uh, no 14 Plus review yet because it ships in October. And so, presumably, those reviews will come out a few days before it ships. But it's also interesting because the iPhone 14 reviews, you know, is kind of uh, neutral as they are. Well, there's nothing new,
1: is there? (laughs) Yeah,
0: you you just say, well, that, but for a bigger screen and, you know, it's more.
1: And there was some, um, I think Quo had a report about how, like, the iPhone 14 Plus pre-orders have been disappointing and, like, lower or something. (laughs) No kidding. Yeah, I mean. That model is going to be popular. So people are buying the phones that come out sooner than the one that comes out much later. That's wild. And the, the most of the people that are going to buy the 14 Plus probably don't Sarcasm. even know really it exists at the moment. Right. Like yeah, yeah. The people buying that phone are not the ones that are glued to the keynote screen, watching every announcement, getting ready to pre-order on day one. The people buying the 14 Plus are the people that walk into the store in November or December or January, whenever their phone's, like needs replacing and they want a new iPhone. Or they want a new phone, and they'll go, "Oh, that one has a big screen, and the price isn't too bad. I'm going to get that one. Like that phone is going to be so popular, it doesn't matter that it has the same processor as last year, or that it only really no, has like very yeah. minor camera improvements and the car crash detection. Like it doesn't. Those it's irrelevant. It's got a bigger screen, it'll, and it's only eight ninety nine. Like that that phone will be very popular. I, I don't have any doubt about that. Yeah, uh, the uh, iPhone fourteen gen uh, in general." <laughs> mm-hmm you know it's not going to go down in history as a remarkable year for the iphone 14 like the the pro separate obviously uh it'll just plod on the 13 was already pretty good like i'm not i obviously it's when you're buying the pro models it's easy to sit on the ivory tower and say oh it doesn't matter that the 14 isn't getting a big upgrade this year or whatever uh but it kind of doesn't matter they could they've got they've got time they've got space to breathe and this is this is the pure expression of that
0: yeah, the the pricing thing too has been. I've seen people talk about well, they, they price these wrong because it's so similar. It's a hundred dollars difference to go from the plus to the pro, but screen size does matter a lot for people. And when you see the, you know, there's there's two big screen options here, and there's a two hundred dollar gap there, then I think that that's that's easier to, you know, that's a bigger price gap than if you're looking
1: at nine hundred. And what you'll find is surreptitiously. The, the price gap will get larger because they'll put more of the deals on the 14 and the 14 Plus, and the 14 Pro and the 14 Pro Max will reserve their like top end pricing. Yeah. So there'll be there'll be separation is required, and the Plus so, especially. Will do so the ones that are coming, uh, 14 Pro. Yes. What, what, how are the reviews going so far? Yeah. So you can ignore the iPhone 14 reviews because we already know what they're going to be. The iPhone 14 Pro and Pro Max reviews. There's three main aspects, right? You've got the always on display. You've got the dynamic island. And you've got the camera system. And I'd say overall, the reviews are positive, but each kind of tenet of that has been somewhat controversial and split. And obviously, we'll give our own impressions next week, but it is interesting to see what the kind of like, you know, the first round of embargoed press people say too. So on the Dynamic Island, people kind of suggest that it's useful but also maybe not useful enough and it is more distracting than the notch was because it is like trying to make a statement and you're meant to see it right but the fact that it's like detached from the top of the screen and it's quite big and there's always animations going on around the area it i think it's gonna like i they they propose that it's harder to forget about and harder to blend in so for that to be the case you want the, the the island to provide a lot of functionality to kind of justify that compared to a notch and it kind of does and it kind of doesn't because like it does stuff, but there's also places where it doesn't do what you expect. Like normal notifications don't have anything to do with the island. A lot of apps don't interact with the island at all. There are set cases where the island matters and in those cases you'll probably enjoy it. But also you have to think about like how much of it is just niceness versus functionality, right? So like it's nice that now playing shows in the island, but they use the right hand side of that island to show the little like visualizer whereas it would probably be more useful if there was like the play pause button directly visible and something that the virgin the verge review got into a lot was like if you just tap on the island it launches the app if you want to get the widget view which in the now playing case would be like you know the play pause buttons the scrubber you always have to long press and a lot of the reviews especially the verge said they kind of expected the behavior to be inverted where like one tap on the island would show you the expanded view and then you'd like press in or whatever to go to the app and so that's definitely something where like people's expectations are different to uh the reality and maybe apple's marketing doesn't help because in almost all the ads they show it in the expanded form but really if you're just tapping around you're not going to see that that form very often Uh, and so you're gonna have to train your brain like oh if you want to get the quick function later from me you have to long press um and people have asked for a setting i don't know if they Apple's going to do it though because like long pressing on an island to open an app just sounds like intuitively weird i don't know i don't know what the solution is but i can see why they made it so that if you see something in the eye and you tap it it launches the app because that is probably what people are going to want most of the time especially like more common users the long press thing to get in the things quite a power feature and anywhere else you're long pressing to reveal you know the extended functionality so it makes sense in the context of like ios is an operating system but Maybe Apple's like advertising or promotion has kind of led people slightly astray there and what they were expecting.
0: What if what if they added in the future like a layer of sensitivity for the screen that could determine how hard you're pressing? And so rather than long pressing which adds time, it could be based on not not duration but pressure.
1: That'd be a good idea. They should do that.
0: Yeah, three you know. D sort of three Maybe dimensional can, touch. Yeah, something yeah. like that. A force, t- a touch of three
1: <laughs> force gesture. Mm. Yeah. 3D interaction something yeah. like that that was a good idea they should yeah. Yeah. they should do mm-hmm. that <laughs> <laughs> the so yeah we'll give our opinions on the dynamic stuff in much more detail when we actually have it to try ourselves uh, but the one thing I will shout out the low power the low battery alert which on current phones is a modal alert box in the center that you have to press okay to on the iPhone 14 Pro that's just a little notification that emerges from the dynamic island and then goes away that almost makes it worth it on its own because I hate that low battery <laughs> with a passion.
0: I, I, I
1: was so
0: when I saw the story about that, I was like, does that still exist? Because I never see it anymore. But it's just, you know, nature of working from home is my offense. My charged a lot. And anytime I go in the car, I'm plugged into with CarPlay, and so it's it charged
1: a lot then too. And then always on display again was controversial because Technically it's very advanced and like the always on display still retains a lot of colour. It's surprisingly bright for an always-on display. Like most of the Android phones, when you go into always on mode, they just completely black out apart from like the time and maybe like a little notifications indicator. Whereas what Apple's done on the iPhone 14 Pro is that it's like your you like see your lock screen, but at like forty percent brightness rather than 100 percent It's, it's like the Apple Watch. Yeah, just like the Apple Watch clock faces are like. Um but a lot of the reviews or, you know, a surprising number of reviews are like, I don't like this. I turned it always on off because I found it distracting because it was so vibrant.
0: Yeah, there's certainly uh, room for what we sort of predicted would happen, what we expected to happen based on reasonable expectations, which is the limited version where it shows your clock and your widget. Just like, ah, oh, that's the obvious use case. That's why I have these widgets here now. Um, and, and that should be a mode. It should be easy, easy to get into that mode, you know, whether it's often that way or just in, in one instance that way. Um, but I, I for one, you know, we'll see next week. But the idea I talked about last week where, you know, curious about in the future, are we going to wonder, like, why why did the phone, why is that a device where the screen was off? You know, aside from situations where it's face down or in your pocket or the, the cool thing where if you're wearing an Apple Watch and you leave the room, it turns off to save battery because you're not there. Those are all clever. But I can totally see... um i'm excited for it like i think it'll be pretty quick where i have this feeling of like yeah this is a device where if it's the nice one or like if it's the newer one the screen won't turn off just like i think it'll be very similar to the apple watch in that aspect
1: yeah i think it's cool like in an ideal world you just have an iphone that could last all day with the screen on full brightness uh that just seems like an obvious way direction so if they, obviously you can't do that today because of battery life concerns but if they can get always on where it's like forty percent brightness and it basically looks the same, and you still see your notification and everything. Why not do it? Like I, I, love it in this in this in this form. At, at least going into it before I actually own the phone. So we'll see I, I also
0: had a, a viral tweet this week. Where oh I said, yeah, that
1: was good. Yeah,
0: where I said how how to how how to make any iPhone how to use always on display on any iPhone, and it's just a screenshot of the the display settings where you change it from timing out in uh, seconds or minutes to never. <laughs> which. which I I almost deleted it because it's so stupid, but like it's, it's, I think it is my most popular tweet ever. And I delete tweets. Yeah. I delete tweets. So I can't like look back and see, but, um, last I looked, it was like 3000 likes. And like, I don't remember having that number of likes on a tweet. Definitely not recently. So, (laughs) and I'm getting a lot of, yeah, most people get the joke because it's so obvious, but I have had some people explain, no, the difference is, that leaves your, your phone unlocked and you can touch it and it interacts. Whereas a lot of battery drains, the battery drains. drains. The battery <laughs> drains yeah. Um, so the people who explain the joke, I just try to, I, I respond with like a different joke, <laughs> but, uh, and I even like followed up like the, the Twitter. It's like, it's like three tweets total. And it's like, you know, our RIP battery life. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're bringing back butt dialing, you know, but <laughs> glad, glad people like it. God, glad, glad I can take the always on display feature and turn it into a, to a fun thing.
1: And then finally, the third like tempo of the 14 Pro series is the camera system. Obviously, you've got the upgraded ultra wide camera and you've got the big changes to the main camera with the 48 megapixel sensor. I'd say overall, reviews of the camera were positive. Maybe the changes weren't as dramatic as some people were hoping they would be, but definitely like that you can get some really, really good pictures with that camera. Um, you know, in the right circumstances, in the right scenarios. In other conditions, people said it kind of just looked like the 13 Pro camera, which is not, you know, I don't think Pro Camera was a good camera, but uh, you don't upgrade to this maybe thinking that every single picture you take is going to look stunning. But you can definitely take some really, really good pictures in really, really high detail with with low noise. Uh, especially the if you want to use the Pro RAW mode, where you can go up and actually take 48 megapixel shots, you mm-hmm. can even more get some crazy pictures. Like Austin Mann did a like tour of Scotland, and he took this really crazy picture of a cow with the camera in the 48 megapixel mode, and like the detail in the hair and stuff was really. I was gen I was like stunned by it. I was like, that is really good. But that Pro RAW mode does come with some trade-offs. One, the file sizes are huge. So like one photo can be like a hundred meg each, because it's, you know, a raw format with 48 megapixels of-, of data. And the iPhone takes a long time to process the pictures. So even if you had unlimited storage, you probably wouldn't wouldn't want to leave it in that mode because like taking a photo with the shutter on an, you know, a normal photo with a shutter on an iPhone is like instant. But the pro raw photos at 48 megapixels take like three or four seconds to process before you can take another one, so there is a bit of a drawback there uh, that obviously Apple didn't mention in the keynote, but uh, that is something to keep in mind yeah but I, overall, definitely pretty good reviews of the camera system. some people said it sharpened too much uh, but from what I saw it looked good low, low light is definitely a lot better, which you would expect, but there you go um the photonic engine unclear if it's actually doing anything <laughs> or of, of relevance, like some of the reviews like it these phones take uh better low light photos but is that just because the sensors are bigger versus you know the software actually doing anything intelligent so yeah uh
0: actually on a tech podcast this week had uh rear feedback where uh the previous week john Tick you said said that the the 2x camera which is you know a f- crop in from the 48 megapixel camera at 1x uh would be better than any 2x camera apples I ever shipped on the phone before and this week he said, you know, he kind of said that in jest, but that there was a reader who did the math behind it, <laughs> and it's true. Uh, and and the reason for that is because the the two X camera, the telephoto lens, has always been um, like if you look at the, the physically look at the sensor, it's it's smaller, and so there's less light that comes in, and so by doing a two X, uh, doing this crop from the main camera. Uh, it's it's the biggest sensor for a 2x camera yet. <laughs> so the, it'll have the better <laughs> better light than they've ever had on a 2x camera. So that, that's pretty good. That sounds great. Um, I I looked at a lot of the reviews and maybe there's a situation that the that the camera the photo upgrade like year over year isn't a big change as as promoted. But um, I didn't quite feel like I got the full extent from the reviews with sample photos and everything of like comprehensive this is each mode this is what it looks yeah. like you know so i think there's definitely opportunity for that still
1: oh for sure yeah good
0: Good, yeah. good, good thing we can do it
1: uh, we also had the series 8 and se2 reviews basically as in, in, pointless in the topic. as the iphone 14 reviews <laughs> yeah they exist
0: they do exist next week we'll discuss our like we said our our reviews our iPhone 14 pro review um and we expect to see the Apple Watch Ultra review embargo lift next week, as well as AirPods yes. Pro two, uh, because they'll they'll come out on Friday. So probably Wednesday and Thursday there will be reviews for each of those. Uh, that'll be good. And I'll I'll have the <laughs> iPhone next week. I'll have one. You'll have one. And I'll do AirPods the following week because I forced myself into that. And then Apple Watch is entirely based on Apple Apple uh, Apple's review team because what, what you know I'll end on this for the week, but. Um, it's, is we talked about it last week and I, I feel like chance gave me really good feedback about our, our conversation, but the Apple watch ultra and he was like, you gave the best pitch for it in terms of being not just for these extreme athletes, but for, you know, people of, you know, with, with specific needs, you know, brighter screen, better, better life. And, um, it's all true, but this, this, as I sort of weighed the decision to spend eight, $800 on this new watch, that's brighter screen, better battery life than, and, and bigger screen than my series seven, uh, I also sort of f- like fell back in love with or like had a more appreciation for how g- good looking the, the series seven is the, the series eight the same way. Um, so I think that's, a, that's, that's something I didn't consider, but a new factor in all of that is because the series eight it, or series or ultra is so ruggedized and um, you know, isn't optimized for, 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 for niceness that it gives you a, an appeal to the, to the other watches that hasn't been there before because you're, you're comparing it to year over year. Well, it isn't that much more impressive. It looks kind of the same. But if you compare it to the Ultra, then you're like, oh, it's roundedness and shininess and all this stuff. Yeah, so. it's sleeker for sure. Yeah. Like,
1: yep. obviously, you have the target market of people actually in extreme sports and hiking stuff. Yeah. And then you have the people that just basically want a watch with a brighter screen and a longer battery life. Yeah. But if you're if your day-to-day usage if your current workout regime you know if your just general livelihood is not stressing the battery life limits of the current watch and you're happy charging it once a night or something the ultra appeal is smaller right is there, and, is there, yeah. not, and maybe if you hadn't upgraded your watch last year you'd be like right on it and you instead of buying a series 8 you'd buy an ultra instead do you know what i mean but if, yeah, you, yeah. if you've literally already got a series 7 you've got to be like being like oh i just did a marathon and my apple watch ran out of battery to be like yeah. well that's a reason to get the ultra you know
0: yeah the i think the biggest factor for me in looking at it and helping my decision is that the series 7 was the one that went it's got the, the most screen to bezel ratio uh and a lot of the bezels are in the rounded portion of it so you I mean you it it feels as edge to edge as the apple watch is going to get and the apple ultra just visually looking at the screen because it's flat there's no curve to sort of hide bezel into um and it just doesn't look as edge to edge at all it looks more like a series four mm-hmm. in that regard and you have the fat crown guard thing on the side yeah that, that part doesn't but i mean and i definitely want to get my hands on one like but i yeah I, I sort of recalibrated and thought oh iphone 14 pro that'll be more day-to-day differences for me and than the ultra would be and so eh, that's where i am for the week i reasonable yep that is the happy hour podcast for this week if you have any feedback you can email benjamin and i together uh, at happyhour at 95 you can follow benjamin and i on twitter i'm at apollo zach a-p-o-l-o-z-c benjamin you're at b-z-a-mayo And if you like the show, give us a review or a rating. Tell a friend. We appreciate that. You can um, subscribe in the Apple Podcast app for $4.99 per month or $4.99 per year to get the ad-free version. We appreciate everyone who does that. And thanks to our sponsors. We'll be back next week. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.